there's so many different perspectives out there of how to lead people well. But at the end of the day, for everybody listening to this, the main thing I, I, I want to say is just stop talking and start listening. What else can you uncover? Because they're going to tell you everything that you need to know if you're willing to listen to them. This is the Home Service Success Podcast, your resource for growing your HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and residential contracting business through mindset development, sales, and marketing strategy. Our guest today joins us for the second time on the Home Service Success Podcast. He is a second-generation master plumber, a certified John Maxwell coach, entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience leading in the trades, and uh, 10 years of experience coaching and training teams for success. He is the owner of Built for the Trades, a mastermind coaching community for home service companies. Uh, and he believes that success in life and in business starts within, working on yourself before focusing on the things around you. And we're gonna get into that today. So allow me to introduce Dan Dowdy. What is up, Dan? Thank you, Davis. That was a great introduction. And Stephen, thank you all for having me on the, the podcast today. Uh, I, I, I do believe that I think everything in life starts within. And so I'm excited to dive into some great topics. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we're talking about this idea of leadership right before we started recording and really the difference between leadership and management. Um and so leadership is just like such a large topic and there's so many different ways to define it um, and to approach it within your business. But Dan, uh, just to kick us off here, like what is your definition of leadership? Well, Davis, yeah, my, I mean, my definition of leadership is pretty simple, is uh, leadership is influence and management and management is accountability. Uh, I, I also like to, to think of it like this, leadership is pulling and management is pushing. And, uh, and you're right, leadership, that term is thrown around as leaders or managers, almost like, almost like management is an old school term not used anymore because it has a, a negative connotation because you're going to make me do my job type thing. But really, it's, it's a, a split. You have to be a great leader to influence people, to that know, like, and trust factor. But you also have to be a great manager to get people to do their jobs well and, and really the biggest difference is when those two come together, that's where you really get that empowerment in people because they know, like, and trust you. You lead by example, you're a great influence. You've also managed them well, had, had expectations set for them that you held them accountable to because you wanted to see them grow, but you also set clear expectations for them. So now they know what it looks like to win in their position. And now all you're going to be doing is, is that you train them first, you coach them, you're kind of mentoring them and you're helping them along, building that trust, building that confidence in them. So it takes, it takes both to be successful anytime you're leading, uh, you know, anywhere in life. So I have a question. Let's, this is going to dive deep really quick. So that's cool. So uh, leadership and management, I love like breaking it out and saying that, Hey, we got to have both of these things to be successful, right? Well, in my personal experience, I feel I'm a good leader and I'm not a good manager. And so 
a few years back, well, probably longer than that, I recognized this, but didn't know how to solve it. And finally, a few years back, I finally learned that, hey, I need somebody else that can be a better manager um, and hold people accountable and give them those types of tools because that just wasn't me. And I was miserable doing it and I was poor at it, which created confusion and chaos within the company. And until I stepped out of that role more, there, there was just frustration, right? Like imagine a, a group of employees and, and a team, a group of team or a team where they were getting good influence and good leadership, but poor management. So we'd have these meetings and, you know, everybody'd be all excited about it. And then three months later, the results would be there. And I'd be like, w what's wrong with this? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. Like nobody was really managing us. I was like, well, I thought you guys could manage yourself. And <laughs> so it was, so it was a very interesting experience for me. So, I mean, I don't know, I'd love any of your thoughts on that because I think some people listening are probably in a similar boat and maybe they're a better manager and not a great leader um, or vice versa. But I mean, that can't just be me that's like that, right? That's only good at kind of one of those two things. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right, Stephen. And, and, and one quote I, I always like to live by is, is you must know yourself to grow yourself. So meaning that you know that about yourself, you're able to fill that blind spot with somebody who is better at managing. But as we dive deeper into it, management can look a lot of different or can look different in different mm -hmm. capacities, right? So in other words, if you're hiring somebody who's good at managing operations, that may never be your giftedness, but you can still be a great leader and manage who you are as a leader, meaning that you are able to get out of your comfort zone have those difficult conversations, be upfront with people more often. You know, it, it's, it's, it's about knowing who you are and how you're managing your life. Um, a good example for people listening out there is like people who tend to have more of a uh, people pleasing personality or uh, however you want to put it, they, they like to be liked type personality tend to be better leaders naturally, right? Because that know, like, and trust factor, they build the relationships, they get along with people, they do all those different things. Well, the problem is that they typically won't, won't grow out of their comfort zone to be able to have those tough conversations with people, to be able to come at them and, and share information in one-to-one -one settings of what it is they need them to improve on and how to get there. And so uh, with me saying that, it doesn't matter if you're the operations manager or you're the owner or visionary of the company, management just looks different for everybody, if that makes sense. Because I'm, I'm with you, like I would never be a great operations manager because it's not really who I am as a person, but Dan can still manage who I am as a person by having conversations that I may normally shy away from, getting out of my comfort zone, out of a place of love, wanting that other person to grow by sharing this information, if that makes sense. It does, Dan. And this is interesting. So right off the bat, I was thinking like, there's natural leaders, like lead, leadership seems to be more intrinsic, more intrinsic innate quality versus management might be something since it's more process oriented, that it's easier to learn. Um, but now I'm kind of changing my mind on this. And I'm curious, Dan and Stephen, what your thoughts are like, I think maybe management can be just as innate intrinsic, intrinsic quality as leadership might be and that those people might have to spend some more time learning how to be a good leader. So it's like, you know, it's, it might start one or the other. And then Dan, I loved your quote, know yourself to grow yourself, like know where your weaknesses are so that you can, you can learn how to fill those gaps. 
Yeah, completely, Davis. I mean, it's it's really when it comes really when it comes down to it. Like once again, you you got to know who you are, and and I think that great managers aren't always great leaders. You know, they're very bottom line oriented, very blunt. Uh, they could come off really not relational at all. And and what'll happen when you're just very very like just manager straight to the point you tend to have a lot of people in your business who are do just enough to get by they're clock watchers they they're really you know you're they're doing what you're paying them to do but that's it when you start to to step up and level up your your influence your leadership right you start to build relationships with people you start to get to know them as a person what are they what are they what are they like what are their goals what are their dreams that's when somebody who's who's management first can really start getting people to come along with you because then you start to share the vision of the company and where you want to go. And now all of a sudden, Dan's coming to work more excited about more than like what I'm getting paid to do, right? Because my boss has taken or, or the leader above me has taken the time to actually share that information with me. And, and so it, it goes both ways. I think there's I think there's like healthy leadership. And there's also healthy management and it's really just a matter of growing outside your comfort zone. So if you know yourself and you're one way or the other, this should be resonating with you. You should know, okay, what does that look like? And, and somebody who's heavily management style is probably thinking right now, as they listen to the podcast, that uh, I don't have time for that. Right. I don't have time to care about anybody's feelings because I got an operation to run. Well, that's the push, right? That's the push that they're pushing people to do their job. They're not, it's not that pull factor, which is leadership, which is influencing people to want to do above and beyond what, you know, what it is you're paying them to do. Yeah. And it leads me to think about like the difference really between productivity and motivation. It's like, there's a difference between creating productivity from a pure like metrics point of view. And then also, and motivating people in their personal and their overall lives to grow. Um, and Stephen, I know a lot of the most su successful owners and leaders that we talk to really talk about motivating their team and creating a culture around that. Yeah. And, and I would even call it, I, I used to call it motivation a long time ago. I would actually even lean towards calling it inspiration, mm -hmm. like, you know, inspiring people to, in, in my mind, it's inspiring people to figure out that they're capable of way more than they ever thought they were. Right. Like if I can help the team do that, then they are naturally, you know, as long as we're picking the right people. Right. And they have some desire to grow. They're going to naturally want to do more, uh, you know, for the company, for the clients, for themselves. And they're going to grow that way. And, you know, Davis, back to your kind of original question uh, about the difference between like leadership and management and like is is one of them more innate than another. I think that. I think that based on how a person is raised and some of their natural ability is going to kind of influence where they end up by the time they get into the workforce. You know, if you grew up in like a military family that had rigid structure and, you know, of course you do that now, you're probably going to have a little bit more of that like management born into you. Um, and then you're going to fulfill whatever that looks like once you get out in, in the own world uh, or in, in the work world. But um, yeah, I definitely think that, I think people have an innate leaning toward one or the other. And then I think that that can be grown. And I think that in my experience, 
I think that you have to learn just a little bit of the other one. You know, I'm, I'm much more like an inspirational leader, a visionary, and I'm very poor at actually implementation. And actually, I take it back. I'm not poor at it. I just don't like it. And it took me a lot of years to figure that out because I actually was good at it, but I was just unhappy doing it. And so I built the business, you know, this business to where I didn't have to do it. So then I could focus more on the things that were really exciting to me, like growing the people within the company and then moved, you know, Andrea, who's now our CEO, who's much more of a, you know, great manager and like get things done and implementation and follow through. So now we work really well together as a team. And, you know, you even look at big people like uh, uh, Brian Scudamore, who uh, founded 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you know, he brought in um, a COO because he was the exact same way. He was like, dude, I just want to do this visionary stuff. It's way more fun. So they actually have this, I think they call it co-chairs. So they have two people that sit in one seat, which is basically the CEO of the company, but they kind of act more like COO and visionary type roles. So it goes back to what Dan said, know yourself to grow yourself, like start to be okay with not being amazing at everything and then start to get rid of that stuff. That's just not fun and fulfilling to you every day. Yeah. You're spot on. And you know, what you said earlier, I think of a, a another, another blind spot for me personally is trust, but verify, right? Cause as a leader, I want to, to think the best in people and empower them and trust them that, that, that they are doing their job well. But there's also times where we must verify that things are actually happening um, sooner than whenever things, whenever everything falls apart, right? There needs, there needs to be some type of system where you're checking in with them monthly or um, something like that to make sure that uh, what you're expecting is getting done in your organization. Well, and that goes to like, you know, I think we talked last time on the podcast about like scorecards and stuff like that, that you help businesses set up. That's a great tool right there so that now the team member can, ha can know whether or not they are succeeding to your expectation without it having to be this conversation two or three months down the line. Because I've had this happen to me personally, a lot of times where like, we'll have a conversation. I think we're on the same page. And then I don't kind of check in or something like that. And we get down the road. I'm like, wait, what, what are you doing? This isn't what we talked about. And the other person is like, wait, the, the, what do you mean? This is what we talked about. And so it just helps create a healthy relationship um, and move the business and move personal growth forward. Yeah, I really like to create systems around blind spots, so to say, or systems around uh, stuff like that, that accountability. And when it comes to accountability, one thing I think is really cool about like people who are naturally gifted leaders or influencers really, really operate a lot on their feelings on, on emotional levels and uh, things like your core values in your business are a great accountability tool. Position agreements in the business for that person's position is a great accountability tool. Scorecards to check in with a monthly to make sure that they're operating at the level that you want them to operate. That's a great accountability tool. And, and the neat thing is when you go into those, those tough conversations, so to say, or the conversations where you got to be straightforward with people, uh, it's not about how you feel. It's about the expectations that you set up front in order to do this job well. It's about being a part of a team member of your organization with these core values operating under this umbrella that is, or operating under this culture that is your core values. Um, so it really takes a lot of pressure off of, off of you because it's not, it's not how you feel. It's actually facts of how they're doing their job. 
yeah it's like once that's written down and systematized if that's a word yeah. but it, it removes almost the personalized sense of it of like attributing it to a certain person where it's like no this is like the values that we've all agreed to and that we can all buy into and, and grow with together. And then I suppose maybe the motivation part kind of comes because you're creating that cohesive culture out of that. Yeah, I mean, in, in order to have, in order for everything to come together and really have that motivation and that success, there's gotta be accountability. Yeah. If, we just, if we're just letting people get away with whatever, then that creates entitlement, right? Next thing you know, they're not having to work for anything they're receiving and nothing's ever gonna be enough. And, and uh, that's a whole nother topic we could dive into because I'm very passionate about that. That's a big reason why I started Built for the Trades is to really start to, um, is to really train and coach and teach all those things around, around what it looks like to lead, especially from, from multiple generations and leadership. There's so many different perspectives out there of how to lead people well. But at the end of the day, for everybody listening to this, the main thing I, I, I want to say is just, Stop talking and start listening because when you sit down with people and they share something with you, the first thing we want to do now as, as, a, as a human is to fix whatever they're, they're going to share a sentence with us. And then we're going to come back at them as how, how we would fix that. Well, here's what I would do, or here's what I think you should do instead of just diving in deeper and just asking them, you know, what else, what else is going on? What else, what else can you uncover? Because they're going to tell you everything that you need to know if you're willing to listen to them. And I'm preaching to the choir there. I'm preaching to myself. We all, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the perfect person at this. I work on it every day. So everybody listening out there realize that I have to remind myself of this every day and I coach for a living. So go figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, Dan, you sound kind of like my wife. She's like, <laughs> we, we have this thing now where she can come to me and say, hey, just so you know, I'm going to share some stuff with you and I don't want you to do anything or fix it. So we had the conversation about that, you know, a long time ago, because she would say something. I was like, well, yeah, let's just do that and that and that and that. She's like, and she would be all frustrated. I was like, I don't get it. Like you told me, you gave me a problem. My brain was, was fixed it. And, and then, so, you know, I had to understand that better, you know, even in our, just in our relationship, but yeah, definitely, definitely in business as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's a, that's a healthy relationship. She knows you up front, and that's the thing. And in, in business, it's not a whole lot of, of people to say that up front. Like, hey, just listen. Unless you've already built that relationship and you know how on the same level like that. So it's it, it's it's a concerted effort for us to listen listen more in business because that's going to be the way that you lead people. Is uh, is not everybody is is created equal. So when like even going back to the motivating people, if you're just in a, if you think that you're going to motivate people by $50 Amazon gift cards, and it's going to be amazing. You're missing it. You're, you're missing, you're missing probably 50% or more of the people in your group. And the only way you know what motivates them is by getting to know them. And only way you get to know people is by sitting down with them and asking questions and listening. So dude, I, it, I love it's that. Simple, and, but it's, it takes time. It takes patience. Yeah. Each person is different, right? It, it's, this isn't a 1980s giant corporation where you fit everybody into the same mold and you're like, yep, you do that job or else you don't work here. That just doesn't work anymore. Um, you have to pay attention to the individual. Uh, shoot. I had something else I was going to say about the previous statement, but I forgot it. <laughs> well, so Dan, I'm curious, like, how do you identify potential leaders within your organization? Um, so how do you, if you're currently the manager or the leader, 
and you're you're growing, um, how do you look within for that next stage of growth? Yeah, so I I really ask myself ten different questions that I have I have um, it, it, they're very simple. I'm a very simple guy. I, I ask myself simple things, but I think in sharing this checklist that I go through, it's going to open up some conversation here because a lot of times. Um, even me personally speaking from my past experiences owning a home service business, I would take my top producer and be like, you've got to be the next manager, right? Like you're producing great out in the field. You're totally going to be my next manager. And the problem is, is, uh, is that's usually unsuccessful because being a producer and being great at sales or, or plumbing or whatever you're doing, it does not automatically make you a great leader and manager. You know, there's a certain humbleness that comes with, uh, the title gives you an ego, but in order to be really good at it, or good at it, you got to be able to humble yourself down to be able to serve other people and coach other people. So the first thing I look for is is anybody in my organization um, consistently influencing people in a positive manner. That's it, just plain and simple. Like I'm not going to take somebody who's consistently negative and put them into a leadership role in my business. It's just not going to happen. So I want somebody who's who's tend to be a little more optimistic. Um, so, anyways, Stephen, what do you think about that? Oh man, taking people and making them leaders. So this is what comes up for me. It's interesting because I don't know about you uh, when you're running the home service business, but for for me, almost every time we interview somebody for a job, and we say, you know, what do you what do you think your three or five year vision is? Like, where do you want to go? Almost every single person. And Davis, I'm pretty sure you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said this in his interview too. So it just it just shows that it's like everybody. Everybody says, oh, you know, I, I really want to get to management and have a small team of people working uh, underneath, underneath me and some, you know, some variation of that language. And so what we started doing in interviews is we started asking a couple more questions about that and telling people, hey, one, I don't really think you know what management is. Let us tell you a little bit more about that because quite frankly, it's a shitty job for the most part, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you basically, if you move up from, from wherever you are in a company up to management, now you are now holding your friends that you were on the same level with accountable. And that's going to, that cr creates a different, uh, a different relationship. And it takes a special person, as we've talked about, to be able to separate the emotion out of it and just simply say, hey, here's my job to make sure that this all gets done. And at the same time, I have tons of respect for you as a human, as a friend and all of that. Like, that's a challenging place to be. That's probably one of the reasons I'm not good at it um, or don't really love doing it. But we always would have this conversation in the interview. And so by the time we got through the interview process and somebody actually got hired at WIT, now they had a different perspective of where they actually wanted to be. Cause we would ask some deeper questions like, okay, you say you want management. What do you think management will get you? And most of the time people thought it meant, you know, less, a little bit less work in some weird way, which it's not, it's way more work. It's just a different kind of work. <laughs> so you definitely don't get less work. Um, and realistically it was more money, right? It was just, yeah. that's programmed into most people from the whole corporate world is you, you work somewhere, you work your little job, then you get good at that job, then you work another job that manages three of the same people that in the position that you used to be. And now you get more money and you have more time. 
It's the complete opposite of that. Most of the time, really good managers don't make a lot more money and they definitely spend more time and they definitely have more stress and they definitely have more accountability. So we would educate, we started educating in the interview process a little bit about that. And we would find that a majority of people would be like, oh, um, and we'd re-ask the question, okay, so has your vision for the next couple of years changed at all? And a lot of people would be like, yeah, a little bit. I was like, and we'll tell them, we're like, you can actually probably make more money in the position you're in by just working it really well for a few years and growing in that position and becoming so good at it that you're irreplaceable. Um, and you're going to make more money. And then you're probably actually even going to have to work a little bit less. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I, I think I kind of just want to do that. <laughs> so so it, we, we, we learned to do this in the interview process. And sometimes people will forget, they'll come back like two years later and they'll be like, oh yeah, like I really have been thinking about manager. We're like, okay, great. Have you thought about it in the context of the conversation we had in your interview? And half of the time they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So let me go back and think about it again. So it, it's, I don't know, man, that's, that's been our experience. Um, just on a side note about like people moving up to manager is we try to educate more about it in the interview process to see where they really are. Yeah, that's good. And there's really nothing wrong with, with uh, being a, a producer and not a manager, right? If you have those people on your team, you need to harness that and, and make them and, and not make them, but uh, lead them in a way that they feel important in what they do. Yeah. And it's not just about having a title because that's the thing about leadership is leadership's influence, nothing more, nothing less. Right. So it doesn't matter what position you're in or the title you have, you're influencing people and it could be in a positive way or a negative way. And that's why I say it's always good. I mean, I think the foundation of life in general is it's a positive mindset um, in, in whatever situation you're in. And, and then from there, I always look for, you know, is there somebody that's already growing themselves outside of outside of just working every day, somebody reading books, listening to podcasts, sharing that information with me it's not against them if they're not because there was a time that i didn't even know that was a thing right like i, I didn't realize people actually did that outside of work uh, but you may have somebody in your business right now you're listening to this podcast like all right check one positive mindset check two they love to read these uh, leadership books and business books and i don't know that's a pretty great i mean that those two alone are, is, a, is a really good foundation to build off of yeah well, I love that. And I love how they kind of work together. So Stephen, I really appreciate your approach and like questioning that traditional programming of like, do you just want to be a leader or a manager because that's what you've been taught is the right path? Or are you like intrinsic, intrinsically um, approaching that path? Or are you like really interested in like what makes people tick and how to, how to inspire them? Because um, those are two very different things. And, uh, you know, it's always gotten my, the wheels in my head turning about like, yeah, like, what is it that I actually want? You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't even take the time to, to ask themselves that question. That's good. Yeah, I mean, Dan, within a, within a home service company, typically, what's your highest paid positions within, within the company? You know, besides maybe the owner or like the CEO or something like that, it's, Producers. Yeah. it's production, it's sales. Yeah. And, you know, they're working all alone. It's a, yeah, they are. And it's a, yeah, that's a, it's, it's interesting. And the cool thing is, is that you, is that y'all have taken the time to ask those questions. Like most people will be like, well, we're not hiring for the management position. And instead of saying like, okay, why is it that you want that? Or what's, you know, and you're able to educate people and, and 
you know, there's so many areas we can dive into that. But the next thing I'm looking for is, you know, is there somebody on my team that that's, that's going out of their way now to to create a sense of teamwork? In other words, like, you know, if I'm looking at the technicians, is there somebody on the team that would stay late to help another technician? Um, is there somebody in the office that's naturally moving towards serving other people, um, staying late or coming in early to cover a shift or to help other people? It's that serving mindset that really creates that teamwork. Because as companies grow, if you take somebody who's only about themselves and you put them in a leadership role or the management role, their team is going to be a direct reflection of who they are. And if they're selfish, everybody else is going to be selfish. And as you grow a company and you have multiple different areas, um, you have HVAC, plumbing and electrical, and you have your office team and your management team and all these different teams, what it'll create is diversity in your business versus um, everybody working towards one goal, uh, one vision for the company. So, Yeah, and I would add to what you're saying about, you know, somebody that's kind of uh, contributing when I look for somebody like that, I look for somebody that's giving without expectation. That's good. Right. So somebody that's doing it just because that they, that's their personality. They know it's the right thing to do and they don't have this kind of underlying uh, expectation of, Oh, Hey, you know, like in, in their review or something they're like, Oh, Hey, well, you know, I stayed late on this day. I helped Tina that day. I did this, that, you know, they bring out like the whole pad of paper. It's like, no, that's, that's not what we're looking for. It, it, you know, at least Dan, in my opinion, and what you're saying um, for somebody that's willing to kind of go that extra mile, it's without expectation. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, any people listening to this, I mean, if you're not in a management role now and you want to be just picking up on a few of these things we're talking about, will separate you from the rest. And it takes an effort. Like if you're listening to a thing, I'm like, wow, that takes a lot of effort. And I'd rather get paid for that time I was working. You're missing it. Cause sometimes you got to step, step down to step up, right? Sometimes you gotta, you gotta take a step back and be willing to give a little bit in order to receive what it is you want to receive. And the next thing I look for is like, is there anybody in my organization that's, that's taking initiative? In other words, are they self-motivated? Are they a self-starter? Do they see see things that I see, but instead of waiting for me to tell them what to do, they're actually doing it. And, you know, even just saying that, like, when you have that person, they, they have, they just stand out so much. Even if they don't say anything, you notice it as an owner or manager in your business when you have those people. Yeah. It, it intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's a huge one for, for me. And it's actually something that I've been focusing on learning more about the last probably year or two is one, how to develop more of it for, for me personally, so that I can get more just fulfillment from the things that I do without any need of anything coming from the external. Um, and I think you're spot on by looking for that in others that are demonstrating it already is a, is an amazing leadership skill. Well, I've noticed the difference between somebody who generates a lot of ideas, but doesn't actually go after them, doesn't execute them. They're kind of looking for permission or they're looking for somebody else to take responsibility of that idea. It's like, if you have an idea, go for it. Like, just do it because nobody else is going to do it. You know, Davis, are you talking about me right now? <laughs> he is looking at you so no i know this is right. the problem that we already solved though we solved it in a different way but i mean it is funny right because 
uh, I'm very much like that. Like, uh, you know, I, I truly am a visionary and I can put pieces of things together um, and I can implement and I'm, I'm actually really good at it. I just don't love it. Uh, but it is yeah, like somebody that they can have, have an idea and have just enough, I don't know, whatever you'd call it, like just enough guts or something like that to kind of like just push the envelope a little bit, right? Not go out and like do something crazy, like buy 20 new trucks for the company, then you're not really supposed to do that. But like somebody that, you know, like Davis, every <laughs> once in a while, he'll like, he'll kind of like implement something and then he'll like launch it. And then he'll, and he'll be like, Hey, like, look what I did. And I'm like, awesome. And, you know, maybe there's a couple little tweaks on it just based on my, you know, knowledge that I've had or, or experience or something like that. But, uh, but I, I love that. I love somebody that's willing to just take it and run with it because they see the bigger picture and they're like, yeah, this is, this feels like the right thing to do. And I don't want to go through the normal process of asking 10 people about it. Yeah, that's totally. Well, Steve, funny, I wasn't like thinking directly about that, but you are such an idea generator. So you're, you're the type of person who's like feeding ideas all the time. And then it takes somebody like me to be like, okay, like what are the ideas, like how can I prioritize this slash like bake in my own thoughts and ideas? So it creates this like more of a direction. Um, but I even think about it just like working with the, uh, creative teams or whoever, or somebody has an, you know, an idea for me or them. Um, it's just like, the difference between execution and then just versus just talking about it. I guess that's what I'm yeah. really getting at. And also, I mean, what, what we're talking about is somebody who's going above and beyond because they're being led well. Like somebody who's just being managed is not necessarily going to see the opportunity and take it to help make the organization a better place. But when you're being led well by somebody who's a great leader and you have that empowerment and that influence and and, and you see the opportunities, you know, if, you know, by doing that, you're going above and beyond for the organization because you love wit and you want to make it a better place for the customers that you serve. And so that's really cool because that's a, that's a perfect example of leadership at its best. And, um, and, and then that's what I always say. Like when my, uh, when people tell me, Hey Dan, like you would never believe what this person did on my team. I cannot believe they thought of this and they did this. And I always say that's, that's great leadership because, um, you know, if it's just, if it's somebody who's just a clock watcher, just getting by, they're not going to, they're not going to do that. So the next thing, I mean, really the next thing I look for is somebody who's already organized. <laughs> That's pretty hard to say, especially if they're a plumber out there, we know th what those trucks look like, but somebody who's already naturally organized, um, whether that's time management, how they structure their days, um, or the way their desk looks or the way their truck looks like the way they treat those things currently, is just going to be you know, it's, it's going to carry over into them being a manager or a leader in your business. And yes, you can teach those things. But once again, we're looking for a leadership potential checklist. So going through this checklist, if I check off seven out of 10 things, and I still feel like this person could be a great leader one day, I'm going to call them in for a one-to-one -one setting and go through each one and give them an opportunity to improve in some of the areas that maybe they're not currently strong in. So, yeah, I don't know what, what, what y'all's thoughts are on, on organization skills. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like somebody needs to be able to run their position autonomously for the most part, right? Like they need to be able to progress and move things forward. And that I would kind of tie that into organization. Cause like, you know, for us at WIT, we don't have trucks or anything like that. We have things like implementation, deadlines, uh, um, creative work and stuff like that. So it's a little harder to see the tangible 
Um, but yeah, somebody that can manage their own day and their own schedule uh, and hit deadlines without having to be micromanaged, I would, that's a huge one for us. And, you know, something that you mentioned both in this one and the last position made me have a, a thought for anybody listening, like there's so many times, and Dan, you've probably heard this too. So many times I'll hear owners of a company say, oh, you know, if that person would just be um, more, whatever, more motivated, uh, if they would just implement ideas when they had them, et cetera, et cetera. And then that person ends up leaving, going somewhere else. And at the new place, what happens? They're a rock star. And they have all of those qualities that this owner actually wanted, but they're doing them over here at a competitor. So what it makes me think of is pay attention to who you are as a leader within your company with all this stuff that we've been talking about today, because there's a really good chance that most people within your organization are already amazing and they already have a desire to grow and be better. If they aren't for, if the majority of people in your business aren't showing some sort of signs of like, you know, a little bit of like leadership and a little bit of management, a little bit of all the things we're talking about, then it's a leadership issue, right? I mean, people, for the most part, want to grow. They want to be better. They want to do a good job. They want to work hard and they want to see results and they want to progress. But if you're not seeing that with a lot of your team currently, then it's, you know, you got to point the finger back at you and your leadership team. Um, not, oh, if I could just find good people like Bob and Sally and Jim and Terry over at your company, it's, it's a leadership issue. Yeah, I mean, all these things we're talking about, this is a life's journey. There's, there's no destination to being a great leader. There's, this really isn't. Like, you can, you can portray great leadership, but it, it's a constant wake up every day to be the best person you can be because your team is a direct reflection of you. So if you don't like your company or you don't like the organization that you run, you have to stand and look in the mirror and say, it's because of me. It's because of how I operate. And uh, that's, that's a very humbling, humbling thing because it's easy to sit here and talk about all these things, but all this is all dynamic. You know, one person can be great for a certain period of time and then they fall off the wagon, but your, your, your least performing person in your business is the standard of your business. You know, I mean, it, it just is. And if you want to have a, a, a high operating business, you got to have people in there who want it. And otherwise you'll have people come in and then settle down to the standard of whatever the easiest standard is a lot of the times. And, and that's and another, another great thing is thinking about like your core values, are your core values compatible uh, to the person, you know, and having those core values, being able to go through and kind of analyze that, um, that's gonna be very important. The next one really, this is a really good one too, is anytime there's issues going on or problems or whatever you wanna call them, um, having somebody who's bringing solutions to the table is a really great thing, right? Like, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's the solutions that I think will, will, will fix this. Or instead of seeing something as a problem, they see it as an opportunity. Maybe it's an upset customer that they're dealing with. And instead of just being like, poor me, I can't believe this is happening. Um, they saying, you know what, this is an opportunity for, for me to help, um, help this customer out and to create a customer for life. Um, and, and, and that's really an outlook that you want to see in, in a potential leader manager in your business. So, yeah, I really love that idea of, yeah, lead by example, um, set the standard for your company, 
and for the standard of behavior and quality, um, you know, and the rest will follow suit at least, you know. That's, that's very true. The, I think hum, being humble is a great leadership quality. Um, I think people that take ownership of their mistakes, right? Like it, it can always be everybody else's problems or the customer's fault or whatever it is, or, but ultimately, uh, Stephen said it earlier, if you're leading a team, it's, it's your responsibility that everybody is performing to the, you know, the standards set before you. And, and really another good one, like you said, Davis, uh, leading by example, that's such a broad statement, but little things like being on time, uh, being prepared. Like one thing I always tell my clients is anytime you have an interaction with anybody else, like a meeting, a training, an onboarding, whatever it is, like you should be taking the time to prepare some notes for that meeting. And you should be taking the time to be, make sure that you're going to be on time and, and that you start and end that session on time and that you give them your full attention while you're there. Cause that's, I mean, that, that, those are really big points that are showing respect for other people. And obviously that know, like, and trust factor in the leadership is going to be built when you're respecting other, other people's time, you're prepared for it. There's nothing worse than, uh, you know, people on your leadership team showing up unprepared to meetings with no agenda. Uh, we're just rambling on like, to me, that's a, a great, a great leadership quality to have. Um, so I'm on board with that one. <laughs> I try to be good, but you know, I'm not always perfect at it, but you know, it's funny. I, I see it all the time. People, you know, sometimes within wit and a lot of times within other organizations are like, oh man, like meetings just crush us. And then you ask more questions about the meeting and it's like, oh yeah, we have this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. I'm like, well, one, what's the intention of the meeting? Why do you have so many? What do you actually get done? And then half the time, some of the meetings aren't even necessary. And I'm like, well, why don't you just stop doing the meeting? They're like, well, we've always done that meeting. I'm like, so <laughs> did you always drive the same car since you were in college or high school? No. Like when it's time to stop something, just stop doing it. That's true. I, it, it really boils down to leading yourself well, right? Uh, being the best person you can be. And from there, having a vision that you can share with people to inspire them to want to do more. And then other than that, communication, right? Communication could be so many different ways. It could be, it could be in asking questions and listening. It can be in, in being prepared and having great meetings, having great training sessions. But the more that you put into stuff, the more that people are going to get out of it. So whether you're training or you're having a meeting or whatever you're doing in life, you're speaking in front of the crowd, the more time you prepare for that, the more people are going to get out of it. It's just a common, a common deal. So. Yeah. It, it yeah. made me think of this last, you know, and Davis, I know we're about wrapping up time, but uh, one of the things that I've told people, like when I've either coached myself or our leadership team or, or people within other companies is just care, right? Like just care, just care about what it is you're doing. And a lot of these things that we talked about will kind of naturally happen if you just truly care. And Dan, yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had some people in the home service industry or other business owners that I've coached in certain areas. And by the end of a 15 minute conversation, I'm like, what are you even doing? You should sell your business immediately and go do something else because you are miserable and you're never going to win. 
like just go do something that you can actually care about and you'll be much happier. That's it. Yeah, I think it's more about the transformation and the relationships built and the time spent with people because even when they're at your business for a certain amount of time, I call it a season. Like everybody's there for a season and uh, it's what impact do you make on that person while they're in your organization? And is it going to be something positive that they can carry on to the next season of their life? That may be in a year, two years, 20 years, 30 years. We don't know. But uh, when you have that mindset, you wake up every day knowing that that you get to get to just be a positive light on people's people's world. It's pretty it's pretty cool. But I think it's definitely contagious for sure. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, that kind of that's a good way to kind of encompass everything that we've talked about is really looking at the big picture um, and how we're moving forward. So curious, Dan, are there any other items on that checklist of yours? I kind of, I kind of zoomed through the last few there, uh, but um, that's it for the checklist. So really it's, it's, it's very simple questions that you can ask yourself. And, and for me, it's like that, that person that's betraying these, you know, majority of these things now is worth bringing in and having the conversation with and uh, spending the time because I think people think that, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring this person in and I'm going to make them my next manager and I'm going to give them the manager title and they're going to be awesome. Just like, go get it. Be the best leader you can be. Right. But the problem is, is that's like a six month to a year implementation of one-to-one uh, training, right. Going through the position agreement with them, showing them what it looks like to win, coaching them, like asking them questions to make sure they're retaining information and then mentor them, sharing experiences with people because 20 years experience in the trade or things that, that you're going to experience that you've experienced that person's never going to know unless you're willing to be on that mentorship level. So just know that there is, it does take time, but it is worth the effort a hundred percent. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed kind of going through that checklist and they can take that to their business and, and rock it. Yeah, Dan, I love your top down systematic approach to this um, because leadership, as we stated at the very beginning is such a broad topic. It gets washed out very quickly. So really defining Um, all these specific traits that create a good leader, that create a good manager, and how to identify them and approach it within your business, I think is going to be extremely helpful for our audience. So thank you so much, Dan. And I want to point our audience to builtforthetrades.com. So if you want to get more information on Dan and what he's doing to help home service companies grow, um, check him out in his mastermind groups. Uh, And Dan, is there anywhere else that people can find you? Yeah, they can find me on uh, Facebook, Built for the Trades, and also on Instagram at Built for the Trades. And um, they can also connect me there at LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's really uh, my, my approach to, to coaching is that very much like begin with the end in mind. So meeting the client where they're at, setting a vision and helping them work their way to their vision. And then the mastermind group's more about doing life together and having experiences together because, ultimately that's really what life's about, right? You're doing that with other home service business owners and managers. It's a really cool space to be in. So definitely if anybody's interested, check out Built for the Trades, but thank you all again for having me on the podcast. My only goal was to add some value to your your audience. So I really enjoyed this time together. Well, you certainly did, Dan, and we seriously appreciate you sharing your expertise and your knowledge with us. It's, it's always awesome to have you on. So appreciate you. All right, thank you. All right. And thank you to our audience. Uh, If you want more information, check out the Home Service Marketing and Success Facebook group 
or find more information at whatdelivers.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you.